following is KPB MediaWorks production. Choose your fighter. All right, man. Three, two, one. Welcome to another episode of KPB Cast, guys. With me today, and I want to borrow this uh, from Filthy Tom Laura. Filthy Tom Lawler, excuse me. We are joined today by the bulking bastion of booty, the massive <laughs> of master of ass, the ponderous poontang plow, Rodimus Prime. <laughs> what an introduction. I don't Rodney, even know how's I, everything, man? I don't know if I deserve half the introduction, but here's a good one. I am, I am well, all things considering. I've had a rough fourth quarter of last year. Literally the last few months of last year sucked. I could imagine, but, man. I could imagine. You know, Technically the last four, but really the last three, like, it was just a lot. I, I've, I've never been through so much emotionally, but, you know, I'm a fighter. Um, I think life has prepared me for that t- t- uh, excuse me, period of time. And uh, I'm here. I'm still good. Um, I'm getting back to where I need to be. And uh, things will be all right, so... No, dude, that's the most important thing. And, of course, guys, before we go on, remember, the podcast is available on all the major outlets out there. You know, search up KPB Cast, and you should be able to find it easily on places like Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. Uh, I believe there's another place now called the um, Public Podcast Archive or something like that. Yes. But again, yeah, look it up, man. Uh, the podcast is there. We're up to 40 episodes. Rodney's going to be 41. And with that, let's go. excuse me one of the reasons why i wanted to have you on here is because considering that obviously you do your main work here in the east coast and you also travel around the country i would want to get a good perspective of a little bit of the fgc post-covid i haven't been able to go out to many events you yourself you know you and the team of steve um, you know, Mike, all those guys, Lou, do you guys do your production work down at Big E events? Obviously, you know, uh, COVID was, you know, pr- pretty hard times. But now that uh, little restrictions have gone down up until now, where uh, we may actually see a heck of a lot more. How have your experiences been, man? How's the community? Um, is the community just happy to be back to playing offline events? It's a mix. Um, when we went to NEC, NEC was held at... Um, God, it's called the Block. They're, they're owned by Nerd Street Gamers, so the Block is uh, uh, they actually own the whole building. They're like a big tech company, but where the venue was, where they had their um, their their land events and stuff like that, it's called the Block. Um, I believe the place has its own zip code. You know, something sounds like um, Silicon Valley. <laughs> no, that's nothing new actually. That's like when these big corporations have so much like square footage and like for their business, like in these buildings and campuses, they like they give them their own zip codes because that's how much space they take and how many wow. people have to. So yeah, yeah. So it's nothing new, actually. It's happening more here because um, there's just like companies that are exploding and growing on that. But it's yes, been a thing yes. in like Silicon Valley. Like, yeah, every, every business out there basically has its own zip code. So I guess they have their own post office and I guess their own... <laughs> Well, Team you know, amendment, but uh, yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, you mentioned the block, and I've talked to Mike about it. Like you said, it's a, it's a pretty big building. He was telling me, I mean, how many floors is it? About three or four. Um, they're, um, I think he told me during the event they were sort of still like 
finishing renovations on it because it's oh the building's right. bigger than that the the building itself is probably like 20 30 stories the the block se- section of nursery gamers is probably don't you know don't quote me that's probably three or four floors um i know we were able to visit three of those four floors um yeah there's still a lot of uh construction still a lot of things that need to be done when we got there there was some minor logistical issues nothing that couldn't be fixed it was just uh you know when you're dealing with that a company that size it's like there's too many hands involved it doesn't need to be and i don't know if it's something where they're just figuring out how to work with the public because i know they were just concerned that it's another company coming in which is our company where we're kick one block under kpb media works and we do our media stuff so uh, of course, uh, working alongside Bifotechi and uh, coming in and telling them how we do things and what's available to us to, to use. Basically, the conversation in two weeks changed a whole lot from what we were able to do in the venue until the final product, uh, which ended up being okay because when you when you when you do this kind of work, you've done it for a while, you learn how to roll with the punches and make the best out of any situation. And I've definitely worked in way worse situations than this by far. I just can't stand like five people telling me five different things that, and they all work in the same company. That gets kind of confusing. Now, was that the main people who own Nursery Gaming who just said... Uh, yes, the, the people that... um, You know, it, it's a corporation, so they got people, of course, that they employ to do stuff. Right, right, um, right. Like I said, a lot of hands that are just in, involved and I guess because they're new to the whole we're going to work with outside entities individuals we weren't prepared for that so what one person said was okay two other people said it's not okay and then we had to work around that but at the end of the day it didn't matter we were able to put on a production get it done and that was it no uh, i I like i haven't never experienced that kind of thing you actually have your own little uh your own little company and kick punch block again you guys are production company you guys have been doing this now how much how many years now Almost 12 uh, or 13, right? Well, we, we've been around for over 10. We actually started going into production around 2013 officially. We made it a company only a couple of years ago, probably like 2017. And again, I've uh, never had to deal with that. And listen, we understand, you know, they're the big boys. They're the ones who own the building. They're the ones putting everything together. And um, like you said, two weeks out, everything was cool. And then you guys get there. And unfortunately, or fortunately, however you want to look at it, there's too many hands involved in it. I mean, it, like, how annoying is that? How troublesome is it? Like, you know, when you have something in place. And I'm not trying to say that they did it on purpose. I don't know the people. But is it just no, because... I, I, I... Is it just because they're new to the game of producing esports events where maybe, you know, they're a little bit apprehensive about, hey, you know, by all means, you guys would be an outside contractor coming in to work for them. Is it just apprehension because this is their first foray into doing it? Or was it just something else where it it just delicate hands where it's like, no, we can't mess up, you know, because this might ruin our reputation, not your reputation, their reputation. It's it's a lot of moving parts. The first moving part I would say is that they're predominantly do they predominantly did production for fps's and you know all the other top of the food chain esports type games and stuff like that okay uh, so second, they've done esports stuff before this was not their first foray into the gaming realm right no not at all not at all but it's a new venue that still you know at the time was un- unfinished 
working with someone outside of their circle, which was us, covering fighting games on that level because they they might have done. I think they've done local that they do locals and have local tournaments, but to have literally hundreds of people at, in your venue from around the country, possibly the world, and then that logistic of make sure making sure these games are covered, which ended up being covered by four streams or four streaming groups. It was Nurse Nurse Street's own own team, Bifuteki, us at KB Media Works, and it was Funky P from Atlanta. So us four combined and it wasn't like, you know, if you go to a typical major or whatnot where like the different streamers are kind of scattered and whatever. The way this venue was set up, we actually worked very closely together to make sure that we had a uniform project. Uh, project. That's actually pretty out. cool. That's nice to hear something different. You know, let's keep well, everybody well, together. We want to keep this as well-oiled the machine as possible. Right, right. Well, well, that was a, a concept that we've done with Bifuteki for quite a, many years now. We would be uniform. You know, there was a time when we would stream, or you would be a broadcast streamer, uh, FCC streamer at an event. And you literally came in with your own, like, layout, your own graphics, you know, however you wanted to present, you know. And sometimes that will, if you ever watch, go back to 2012, 2013, and look at any, like, stream then, and look at the different streamers for that event, it almost doesn't look like they're at the same event. Between being in different rooms, covering different games, different graphics, there was a time when we had to make our own graphics for the event. But now... When we all work at an event, we all have the same graphics. You know, it's basically like watching, say, ESPN. They got ESPN two and three and four, and they're all covering the same event, ESPN which is what, what it should be. Yeah, ESPN. It's like it's all the still same graphic. It's the same event. It's just this is what this channel or this station is covering. No, I'm glad uh, we br- um, you brought that up again. This is a topic. This is mainly why I wanted to talk to you about because again uh going back to the one of the original questions is uh post-covid life in the fgc and um you again you're a perfect person you're here locally and you go out to major so let's take this one one by one you already mentioned um production value uh, excuse me production from the production side so let me ask you this do you see any difference and i guess if you want to split it up between locally and majorly you know do you see any differences, um, you know, from people trying to produce FGC events with their, maybe they took, maybe they took the time when COVID was on a complete lockdown where they refined their skills, where, you know, they want to go to majors. Maybe they want to get contacted by people who run majors to see if they can run events for them. Um, what kind of differences do you see now? Obviously, we're all going to be, uh, we have to be careful because even right now, I, I believe a lot of people are dropping out of Frosty Faustings just because this Omicron scare. But um, do you do you see any big time differences from people producing before COVID and after? Um, so this is where I like to say that people that I don't approve of, I'm not going to mention them by name. I don't want to give them the shine or opportunity. No need to. Um, uh, you know, that's not my thing. Um, but there have been individuals and organizations that have taken advantage of, say, people who don't necessarily believe that there is a pandemic and there is a dangerous virus out there and perhaps may or may not want to get vaccinated and just want to live life as whatever, all congregate and go to an event that's welcome. So there are people locally here, actually, in the New York City area who do those kind of events 
And depending on who you ask, that's that's either you know a godsend or frowned upon. You know, and you know this is not about it. Has nothing to do with getting vaccinated or not. I don't judge anyone on whether they're getting vaccinated or not. That's up to them and that's their decision. I'm more about just like keeping safe, like vaccinations or not. There shouldn't be a group of people in a closed area unmasked and just doing whatever they want to do, considering that there is this contagious, deadly virus out there. I I just don't think that's a good look. Uh, That has nothing to do with politics or preference on whether you want to be vaccinated. It's just more about common sense. And then you have... Do those people tend to just go with the flow no matter what's going on in the world? Again, I'm like uh, you, man. I, I, again, I, again, I don't, I don't like, like making this political. I really don't. You know me. Well, it, like it's me. not. It, it never was. But people made it that way. It should have never been political. Right. It, it, it's literally just like a fact of life living on this earth. Like these are things that happen. Like it's not the first time that there's been a pandemic on this earth. Yeah. Again, that's another totally different subject. Not even a part of this podcast to talk about. So, well, um, let me ask you this, considering some of the people you mentioned, obviously we didn't mention them by name. Do they, have they upped their production values in the sense where maybe... Let me stop you. No, no, no. This is all about being opportunistic. I, there I've watched, I've been around for a while. I've watched many different broadcasters, streamers, tournaments, and whatnot. There's, you could probably call it down the middle. There's a good number of people who don't invest in what they do or don't put in returns to what they do. You have people that command tons of subscriptions, donations, and from my vantage point, seems like it just goes into their pockets. Their streams are still the same streams they were five years ago. Their ideas are still the same ideas they were five years ago. Nothing innovative, same old stuff. I I work with people that are constantly trying to innovate and trying to bring something new and fresh to the table. And if I don't, if I can't innovate it, I don't want to do it. That's how I've always been. If five, six groups or people or entities are doing the same thing, I don't want to be the seventh. I have to be the first with the new, the new way or, or the new idea. Because then it's like. How are we setting ourselves apart? What are we offering that no one else is? And I guess that's what happens when you kind of make this your livelihood and not just for the love of it. You know, I I have the luxury of not depending on this for my livelihood. Some people don't. Some people decided that this is what, which is fine. If this is what you want to do, if this is what you want to have your career and make money. Oh, yeah. Listen, man. um it's like I told Posey on the podcast. Some people want to make this their careers, and absolutely nothing wrong with that. I but mean, just know, a, know what comes with that. Yeah, it's a full-time job, man. I mean, even being a content creator, I mean, you're, you're going up against millions and millions of people trying to make it in the same industry as you are. Yes, now, and, yes. And again, like like I, I was talking with Posey, if you do it, God bless you. If this is what you decide you want to do, God bless you, man. It, it's just going to be a little bit harder depending on who it is. You know, some people are able to um, amass a whole bunch of followers and those people will follow them to the ends of time and basically, you know, help these people out. But it is hard work. It's a full time job. And it's but like I said, that's that. I'm sorry to cut you off. That's, but that's where I talk about the innovation. Right. Because if you're not innovating, how are you really separating yourself from everybody else? And then like when things started opening up in New York City, 
some of these same people decided they want to do things back offline. I think we had a nice uh, summer in regards to that. The number of infections were down, hospitalizations were down. People, we had, we, we enjoyed a almost regular summer, I, I feel. Yeah, we did. We and did. Of course, there was a little reminder that, yes, it's COVID is still a thing. But um, you know, before Omicron or whatever, we, we enjoyed a good spring, summer into early fall. Well, mid-fall. And then Omicron had. But in that time, you know, offline events started slowly popping up. Well, you did a couple of Brooklyn events. Yeah, we did the Brooklyn events. Um, you know, obviously we had fun. the Big E tournaments as well. I mean, they're mm-hmm. they're very uh, you know they're very regional. Obviously, down in Philadelphia, yeah. very easily. You got to, or is it uh no? Excuse me, it wasn't in Philadelphia. It was uh, geez, Cherry. Well, Summer Jam is usually done in Cherry Hill. And, you know, he had different venues depending on what's available for his time slots or whatnot. But I know they have a Big E Gaming has a partnership with Nursery Gaming. So they're doing stuff out there. They do, they'll be doing uh, Winter Ball next month, also out of the block in Philly. What um, about people who decided during COVID they're going to take their operations online only and basically aren't coming off online because they were able to build a nice little following to the point where they could run little, you know, little run, little tournaments here and there. You know, some people are using third-party online hacks like Parsec to have games like Marvel versus Capcom 3 online with almost GGPO levels of rollback. You know, what do you see about those people? Is it that they just took their talents offline, uh, excuse me, online, and just said, this is where I'm going to build my brand, this is where I'm going to build my following? What do you think of some of those people uh, who did that? Because, I mean, um... The perfect example of, of that would be the uh, Jesus Christ, um, uh, the dude who you told me who did who does a lot of Street Fighter stuff online. Um, I, I believe his name is Bunch, right? Yeah, David Bunch. Yes, shouts to David Bunch. Awesome, awesome dude. Um, mm-hmm. uh, New York native, uh, moved out to New England, Boston area. Did a lot of stuff out there online. He, I believe, he's coming back to New York, and we'll we'll be working with him actually in the near future. So that's something I'm looking forward to. But yeah, um, there has to be, you have to be established. Like they, they were doing online stuff even before the pandemic, right? Or at least had a name, right? And it, it's, it was their decision to say, hey, you know what? Let's keep people safe, but let's keep this going. Let's, let's, let's give people something to do. Because I don't know if you remember, like when everything shut down, everybody and the mother had an online tournament. Oh yeah, <laughs> like, like everyone and their mother had an online tournament, and a lot of those tournaments did not last because, it, like anything else you do, even when, even when in real life in offline events, saturation is a thing. Um, now with online stuff, uh, a lot of guys have like rules, like maybe you know depending on what region you're from. We don't we didn't want to connect if 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 the if the TO is originating from say the Southeast United States. Uh, they may want to keep the the matches from that area, that region, or maybe the East Coast. Um, it, de- it depends on the game and how the game is, how the game does online, how the netcode works. Uh, but uh, that you definitely won't see a lot of online. Like, I mean, it does happen, but not very often. A lot of quote unquote online locals, where you're playing someone from Cali and you're in New York, but. At the same time, you don't have to because there's more than enough events online to cover that. Um, but um, I, I think because of the pandemic, 
pushes a lot of things forward in terms of evolution in our society. And gaming is definitely one of the things that will push forward. And it's, it's going to, this is a thing now. This is a, a, a close to viable thing now, having online events. These developers are listening. They're trying to improve their netcode because with the way COVID has shifted, we can't say whether this pandemic or this virus becomes even worse. We, we don't know if tomorrow this virus mutates to where, like, you blink at somebody, you're making them sick. <laughs> you know? Um, <laughs> blink, blink, blink. Listen, um, just to, just to be a little personal with myself, I, I believe, I, I don't have any proof yet, but I believe as of recently, just before Christmas, I may have contracted COVID because um, I had COVID-like symptoms right before Christmas. I ended up having to quarantine at home for the holidays, which kind of sucked, but... You know, it's what you, you know. It's what any responsible person does. They they have to quarantine out. And um, yeah, like we, you know, I'm someone I believe that I take pretty good precautions when I'm outside my home not to contract COVID. When I'm out at work, wash my hands. Always have a mask. Um, if I take off my mask, it's to eat or not be around people. Um, and somehow I managed to still get sick, and I wasn't able to get a test to verify because there were so many people being tested. I don't know if you remember, this is like mid-December where everybody's panicking. Um, they're running to test sites. Test sites are overwhelmed. You're waiting two, three hours or more for a test. You know, I was part of that. Like I, I ended up going to a test site, waiting online an hour and a half, only for me to this day not to even get the results back. But because I had symptoms, I still quarantined, stay out of work, vice versa, until, they, until it was over. So... Oh, no, trust me. I know exactly what you went through, man, because I actually got COVID. My wife, my two kids, and my mother-in-law, we all got it. You know, oh, we literally yeah. got it right after Christmas, before the New Year's. And yeah, I think everyone 10, got it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this thing was, uh, this was no, no joke, man. It was like a widespread across the country. The important thing is, like I always tell people is, take care of yourselves and everything like that because it, it sucks getting this. And now what the thing that sucks to me most is, the post symptoms, like you know, shortness of breath and all this mm. constant coughing, that's the yeah. part that sucks to me. You know what I'm saying? The, the, you know, the, the the hard part we survived. You know, and like nobody really got damaged badly, thank God. Right. Thank God. But now, uh, you know, these post symptoms, they freaking suck. I I just stopped maybe coughing regularly maybe this week. And like I said, I got I, I got sick the Monday. Well, I, I was exposed to someone who had the virus the Monday before Christmas. The Thursday before Christmas, I did have a rough night. I was really congested, issues breathing. It just went away the next day. I don't know. Every, it's different for everybody. It's weird, right? But uh, I, I was pretty convinced that if this was going to continue on that night, I might have to go to the hospital. But it didn't. But after that went away, I had a persistent cough for like damn near three weeks which is like not normal at all um and i'm i'm just getting over that maybe the last couple of days like, so in, in a weird way i mean by all means so all those people who decided to take everything online you know they uh benefited from the fact that you know some people were afraid to go out some people who would go out anyway you know just be safe and everything like that they would a lot of things were, online. were benefited a lot of things benefited um so I know you and I talk a lot through text and we talk about stuff. And um, I believe it was you that we talked about the CEO winner that came from PR. 
I believe. I believe so, yes. Yeah. So, this is a guy that, like, before any of this, he was an online player. There was a time where, like, Demir mentioned, you know, a player showing up to offline event and their only semi-claim to fame or experience was online, they are probably going to get laughed out of the venue. Because, like, you know, the offline periods are like, oh, you're not going to beat anybody offline, blah, blah, blah. You know, people tend to forget. People like Punk first was known from, from online play. He was an online Street Fighter 4 player. You know, this whole notion of, like, online not being good, you can't say that when people like Punk exist. Um, I, you know, I, I can't remember this gentleman's name. I feel, I feel so bad. Well, I could give you a name of a guy who um, he who uh, made a lot of waves in uh, Mortal Kombat 9. And remember, the online back then was even worse than we got today. Forever King started as an online player, and look and look how much he's been able to do. Yeah, this is what I'm talking about. So, the point in all this that I'm saying is that we're moving into like a lot of like this online world, right? I mean, you look at Facebook now rebranding as Meta. And trying to make this metaverse and stuff like that. Give it a year. If it's not already happening right now, give it a year or two. We're going to be having like Evo online, you know, championships with avatars and stuff. And like the crowd sitting at home and it's just all of us watching Evo. This is a thing that can be reality, you know. But of course, there is a human component to all of this, right? And this is why we love offline events. It's not just being offline. It's seeing friends, hanging out, having jokes, having drinks, eating together, playing together. We're always going to have the need for human interaction. So it's not, I'm not ever going to say that this is going to phase out what we're accustomed to because it's not. But now it's just created a new market and a new world for people to be a part of this community without having to be a part of it physically. Well, I mean, you, you said it yourself, and I've always uh, harped on this. I always said this. Offline events are basically the new arcade scene. People go to these things to, you know, hang out with friends, see people they haven't seen in a while. I mean, the majority of the people in the FGC, you know, we're in our 30s. If I was to take a guess, that's the average age, uh, what, 35, 32? And offline <laughs> events right now. And I, I, I've always said, um, I wanted to say about, you know, five years ago, or six when comic conventions were, you know, becoming the it thing, entertainment conventions, you know, FGC, esports, they're also entertainment conventions as well. And, you know, weekends were always at a premium because it's like, man, what am I going to go do to, you know, hang out with my friends? Well, an FGC event is there. You know, you see people from across the country that you could only, like, you know, thanks to the magic of communication, you could text, you could be on Discord, but physically now, you know, we're there. So, yeah, man, I, I fully get it. Yeah, of course, of course. Like, you know, there's the, the, the human interaction or the component of human interaction. Hopefully, I don't know, you know, evolution has taken humans to weird places. But hopefully that need won't ever die. So we do need these events. But again, we have to be smart about how we're doing this. And when I look back at NEC, because that was one of the last big events I went to, that was not NEC numbers. As someone who's been at NEC since, I've been at NEC, I missed one year in like the last 10 years, NEC. So I've been going to NEC since 2011, and I missed one year, I think it was maybe 2013, 2014. I one year. Um, by far, lowest numbers. Because people are concerned, people don't want to get sick, people don't want to die. Um, and you have all the right in the world to be concerned with that. I would never push 
people to go to online, offline events right now. If if you do go, however, and there's people that are listening to this, um, yeah, at least the events I've gone to, uh, people do take precautions. I want to say when I was at NEC, I want to say 98, 99% of people had their masks on at all times. I, I barely ever saw a bare face while I was there. There, there is a level of responsibility with us degenerates known as gamers, right? <laughs> like, we do follow rules. And hey, hey, man, come on. We're not degenerates. We're just, uh, <laughs> miss, miss, um... Depends on who you ask. I guess I have no idea. <laughs> Depends on who you're asking, right? And, um, yeah, so I, I, I will say that if you do come to these events, that people are behaving, people are doing what they're supposed to do. The TOs and people that run these events are doing what they're supposed to do. And, um, you know, that's still not to say I know people did, uh, uh, contract COVID at NEC. I'm not going to say names. Um, that's personal stuff. I don't want to put that out there. But people that I've known, people, cool people, nothing wrong with that. But again, it's the fact that COVID is still a thing where you can have it and not know, uh, not show symptoms, show up at a place like NEC where there's still enough people where it's hard to be six feet apart. And it's going to happen, right? But I guess this is life right now, right? Like you, I, I work in education. I work in a high school. Um, I'm around literally thousands of souls every day thousands of strangers because I'm part of a uh, of a campus. So, and you know, it, it, I remember when COVID first was a thing, the first thing in my head that's like, for me, uh, it's a matter of time before I get it because I'm around so many people in a day. I take public transportation to work. Um, sometimes uh, going home, you know, the buses are crowded, the trains are crowded or whatever. So I, for me being realistic, you know, I thought, okay, hey, this is going to be a matter of time before I get this because of how I live my life, you know. At the time, you know, working from home wasn't a thing unless you were working from home before the pandemic. And I mean, they're all all work from home jobs that existed before the pandemic. They just become that much more sense. Yeah, because of the nature of my life, you know, I I said to myself, hey, you know, it's no matter what I do, it's going to be a matter of time before I get this. And sure enough, I did. I was able to, you know, get past it. Thank God. And, uh, yeah, like, you know, sometimes it's just, you have to understand the reality of things. This looks like, this coronavirus looks like it's going to be part of our lives. For at least the rest of this generation, you know, maybe the next generation will find some, some way to deal with it or have it where we live with it the same way we live with, like, the flu and cold and all the stuff. And But right now, we just have to do what's best for the collective, not for individuals, which, which is where... I have an issue because there are people in the community that do things that benefit themselves and not for the collective or the community, which is uh, disheartening. You mentioned, uh, you obviously gave a very good breakdown of online events and how some people, uh, you know, saw that as an opportunity to build a brand or everything like that. Locally, does this possibly mean, I mean, listen, offline events locally have gone down so much. And, uh, you know, not that they were at an all-time high before the, the pandemic just hit. But locally, do you think because a lot of people have taken their talents online, because now online, um, is re- you know, a lot of these games are receiving a lot of good netcode updates. Or like I said before, third-party uh, um, plugins for things like Ficade are, are a thing now. Could this possibly be the end or for offline locals? Or is it just going to be on such life support that nobody's going to notice? It, it's going to be on on life support for a while. Like I said, um, there is 
well, like I mentioned about those, those certain individuals and groups before, there is a silver lining to what they're doing and the fact that they're just keeping offline things alive. And that's the other side to look at it. I don't believe that it should be kept alive at all costs, but they're still doing it. Like I said, unless this, unless this transforms to something where we got to live underground in caves and can't see each other ever again, there will always be some room for offline events to exist, even if it's on life support. Uh, right now, yeah, they're kind of on life support, but at the same time, I don't think right now they're in any danger of really dying. We just have to hold on until like things hopefully become better in terms of being in a society with people with this uh, pandemic running rampant. So, um, but again, this is not, this is definitely not a thing of like, you know, go get vaccinated if you're not vaccinated. You know, I'm not going to say that to anybody. Um, what I'm going to say is just make decisions, make decisions that are good or best for you, but also for your collective. When, when I when I when I see other organizations do that, oh sorry, not do that, and they're really all about the clout or the money, whatever. That's that's where I draw the line and have an issue. Is that a dangerous way of looking at things, even if there wasn't a pandemic? What do you mean? As in, like you said, uh, let's pretend there was no pandemic and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, like you said, it's all about clout. It's all about, oh, I don't care. Oh, well, it's it, it, over. You know what I'm saying? Well, well, see, so when it comes to that, the average typical FGC member or player is not going to see the dirt behind the walls or behind the curtain, right? They're going to see the glitz and glamour. They're going to see the presentation. They're not going to see what what it took for that for that group or that person to execute what they're executing when there are there are people who are in this community that burn bridges with literally everyone and everything they touch but because they have such a strong following they don't really care and when you have that that's like saying like it's a weakest link situation right if we have a weak link we're never going to be strong right no matter how successful this individual individuals or groups are if you're not working with the other people in this community in some form or fashion, even if it's a simple, hey, I see you're doing an event this day, let me not split your numbers and have it the same day as well. I can do this another day. I can wait a week or two. It's not going to hurt me. There, there are people that don't care about that. They want they want to be the, the de facto TO or event organizer and will step and crush on any and everyone in their way. To, to those said people, no one is too big or too small. You know, because at the end of the day, the FGC is still on the bottom of the totem pole, and I've known that from the second I walked into this community. I just happen to like fighting games, so I don't care. But um, when it comes to that esports or like just even making money, we're fighting for change that someone threw on the floor. That's really what it is. We, we're we're doing all this while Fortnite is giving away millions to kids, right? Right, right. And and if Fortnite is able to give away millions of kids, how much are they taking it for themselves? <laughs> That's uh, kind of scary, isn't it? Right, right. Jeez, man. You know. so, uh, so, I'm sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, uh, well, I wanted to get off of that for a second. You know, I really like the fact how you covered everything locally. Let's take it to, uh, 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 like, a major level. You've uh, worked down at some of Big E's events, and, you know, Big E is a well-known uh, tournament organizer, promoter in the country. 
Um, you're going to be heading out to Frosty Faustings, and obviously you know the guys who run ECT. Again, these are majors. These are the these are the tournaments that a lot of the community go out for. Yeah, these are these are the events where you really cut your teeth and establish yourself as a player. Exactly. So you know, with your with your knowledge of the way of the way some of these events are ran. Um, do you, can you give us a little bit of a hindsight about what it is that some of these guys and girls have to go through, um, you know, um, getting an event light of this magnitude, knowing that, you know, you're going to have a telescope looking at you, looking for anything for people to complain about. Can you give us an idea of what it is post, um, you know, post um, lockdown pandemic, what it is that they had to go through to make sure it's like, OK, listen, the, the lockdowns are done. But we have to make sure, you know, we, we don't have any screw ups here. We don't have any people trying to spread, you know, um, viruses. Um, you know, we got to make sure everybody has their vaccination cards. Take us through that, man, if you can. It's a lot. And it's not, you're, what, you're, what you're talking about right now is front facing things or front facing issues. There's a lot of right, rear facing right. issues that these CEOs have to deal with, too. Um, a big issue in all of like it, this all falls back to like capitalism, right? So you have a lot of businesses that are trying to recoup from losses, and by recouping, I mean literally raising their prices, almost doubling. For example, before the pandemic, I used to pay twenty bucks for a haircut. I'm paying damn near forty now. For what? <laughs> Jesus Christ. For what? What am I paying forty for? Because you didn't have I. We all we were all affected the same. So why am I coming out of my pocket more to help you? But it's like I'm at this point. If all the barbers are doing the same thing, it's either I don't get haircuts anymore, learn to cut my own hair, which I'm not gonna cut my own hair the way I wanted to or like it to, shave my head, which I'm not ready to live a life as a bald person yet, or or hey, pay what I got. But I, I gotta pay. I take offense to that. I listen. I've I've gone bald before. I had to go bald before because I want to see what it looks like if I have to live life that way. So there's nothing wrong with that. But it's like until I have to do it, I'm not going to, right? Um, and but this is this is the the consensus across the board with businesses, right? There, it, it always hurts the little people. They're they're taking out their frustrations of not having business or during the pandemic. And you know what? Fine, I could I could say if 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 things was things were shut down completely, I want to say like for four or five months. If you had those prices for four or five months, then went back to normal, I'd understand it. But no, they see that they can get the money, and they keep doing it. I remember when I had to go. I used to work. Uh, I lived in New York City, uh, in the Bronx, and I had to work in Westchester County, and the beeline buses and that runs all of Westchester went on strike. Do you remember that? Yes, I of course Westchester I do, guy. man. I live yeah. in Yonkers, Westchester. Right. So, you, so you remember that, right? Yeah, of course I do. So before that, I remember if I had to go to, say, White Plains and then drive pretty much anywhere in, 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 in the city of White Plains, coming off the railroad, I could pay 3 or $4 for a cab, right? Right. Now, because the beeline stopped, Running cabs were like, oh, this is time to make money. People want to run rides. Yeah, well, so those three, four bucks went to like eight, nine bucks. And guess what? 
when the strike went over, was over, the prices never came down. It stayed. Yeah, people and, for whatever reason forgot the previous prices. Like, no, they didn't know, forget. But it's like it, what well, it is, well, if you, you didn't gonna, forget, but the general public right. did. It, but this is the same thing happening now, right? So how that parlays into this, and I'm not gonna talk about because I, I I I do get privy to like information that TOs go through, but they face the same thing. I'm not gonna go into detail, but they face rising costs because people lost money in the pandemic. So what whatever their venues used to cost before is probably double. You know, because these companies are trying to quote unquote make the money back, which they already did, but now they see that. If I can charge this and get it, why am I going back? So they deal with yeah, that. Right. You have now the one. There are there was some good that came out of this. Like for example, airlines are now a lot more flexible with cancellations and changing flights because of the pandemic, and they have to be because if people can't fly and lose their money, people people won't pay them anymore. Yeah, no, I so, remember you know, that. Man. You remember there, that there was a time. You remember well, that like, crazy you... crap happening here in New York where apparently, you know, uh, what was it, New, New York State, whoever's in charge of getting people's passports here, it was like a six-month wait, and it was all over the news that people were going to be missing weddings and everything like this because the well, passport department was closed, and some well, of those airlines just couldn't outright say, well, you know, we could keep your money or something like that. Yeah, no, nah, a lot of them actually said, no, nah, don't worry about it, we'll, we'll refund you. Or will uh, you get back to us whenever you want to do a rescheduling? But they yeah, they don't have a choice. Right. Yeah, they don't have a choice because they, they, these airlines, some of these airlines were like a, a week before from going under, so they had to do something to make customers happy so they'll yeah. come back to them. So now they, they were that close from going under. I mean, I'm surprised yeah. Spirit Airlines was still around even before <laughs> the pandemic. But I don't even know yeah. why they why they're around even before the pandemic, but that's another story. Do they even offer um, crackers or anything like that? Oh my there? god, I don't know. I've never touched it. <laughs> I never will. I would just say, bring your own crackers. <laughs> um, bring your own crackers. Listen, and that's a scam too. You go to the airport, you know, what was a dollar, fifty-two dollar bottle of soda is now five dollars. Yeah. Because you can't bring outside beverages into the airport. Oh yeah, time out. Hold so, on a second. What airport you go to where water's two dollars, man? Every airport. No, I said no, 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 no. No, in the in the storage is two dollars. When you go to the airport, that same water is oh, like six. Oh, okay. Okay then. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. You know, but yeah, again, so they, they face and, and, and folks, they aren't offering like any super energized water, man. It's Poland Spring. I, I don't know if you remember the whole like, there was a little argument. It wasn't like big because FCC in, in comparison to other gaming communities is still small. Uh, <laughs> but there was a whole like discussion. This is probably like 2015 about how like TOs are making the killing. And they're pulling in so much money and doing this and that. Oh yeah, and, man. That's uh, uh, I remember that talk. It, it was like the talk of the town for quite a while there. Yeah, and it's like I I know being behind the scenes that that's not the case. Like they they may pull in some, which is which is fine, you know, but they're not they're, they're not like living the life. They're not buying fancy cars and houses and you know. No, you said you it yourself. Be, uh, we're not um, we're not League of Legends. We're not Fortnite. Listen, we're not churches, okay? Churches make that kind. Of, they Woo! think, they think <laughs> that 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 majors make like church money, you know, where the pastor has like five homes and fifteen cars and stuff like that. Oh, so like ten thousand yeah. Lambos. Right, you know, nothing like that, okay? Um, <laughs> and you have to imagine, and that this is before the pandemic, so now you have to imagine that there's a way worse for them, and um, 
you know, they're not getting the deals they used to get. It's akin to like, you know, you know, again, back to go to go to some I remember my best friend and I, uh, we met up after work, you know, happy hour when I get some drinks and whatnot. Uh, this is when everything had just opened up again. And we couldn't find a happy hour spot. Nobody had a happy hour. It wasn't a Friday, it wasn't a weekend, it was the middle of the week. Nobody had a happy hour spot because why? They're trying to make the money back. Exactly. They had signs still up on the wall, they had signs on their websites. But when you go there, they're like, oh, no, we're not doing happy hour because they want to make money. And remember, guys, right. Rodney works in New York City. It's rare not having happy hour down there any day of the week. Right. I mean, but that was like coming out of the lockdown. So and they, it might have changed now and got a little better. But um, this is like immediately after like um, restaurants were allowed to open again and whatnot. Right, and, right. Um, yeah, again, they're trying to make the money back. So these CEOs got to deal with the same thing. They got to deal with these venues, whatever else they got to pay in costs. You know, some TOs may not have the equipment, so they got to uh, pay people to rent equipment or borrow. Uh, we have groups now in the FGC that they contract themselves to events as groups of people who run tournament brackets. And, yeah, yeah. you know. And, and do stuff like that, which I think is a good idea. Um, That's a great idea, man. I've always said that there should, you know, there's enough people in the scene, you know, that well, have, that have a. We, we were doing that when when they weren't paying people at all. Yeah, we were doing that when the, we, it was like, you know, now because because volunteers they walk out. I've seen it firsthand. I've actually had to stop what I was doing at an event one day because it's just me not one, I wasn't doing anything at the time and two, as a person who appreciates the tournament scene or whatever, I watched I watched a, a tournament bracket runner just walk out and not finish their bracket. Yeah, I remember and I was talking to Mike about that. It's like, yeah, let me be a volunteer just so I could bypass the tournament entry or venue. Right, yeah, like, and that's literally really what it is. Seriously? So they're, now they're at the point where like TOs have to pay people per bracket. You know, they say you do, or they'll say this, they'll say you have to cover minimum X amount of brackets to get your venue covered. And if you do this much more, we'll start paying you from that. Because they can't get people to commit to doing the work like they used to. You know, when when when, when APB was in its inf infancy, I literally used to gather the whole team. I used to gather anywhere from 8 to 12 more people and we're literally outfitting events, running brackets, and right, like right. the the, the TO used to be like wow, 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 like it was to the point where I was getting calls and texts and emails like months in advance, like hey, are, are you guys gonna be here? We could really use your help. Of course, that all stopped, you know, because uh, I, I, at a point I realized people were taking advantage, and um, you know, I, I just I just stopped that notion for you know for the betterment of my team. Well, but, no, listen, man, don't feel bad about it, you know. I know no, I don't. I, I know a lot of people are going to be like, oh, man, he's uh, unappreciative. It's like, dude, listen, man. Let me. I wish somebody would say that to me. Yeah, you know, I I, uh, I recently ran, uh, I tournament directed a pool tournament here in Rockland mm. County for my buddy. And you know what? The first thing he told me is, man, how much you want to get paid? Because he knows my time is worth something. I'm not going to go do it for free out of the bottom of my heart as much as I love pool. 
But it's like, mm. nah, man, give me a break. And he, he knew right away. He didn't even need to, like, sit down with me or anything like that. It's like, dude, lunch is on me because it was, you know, we're running it in his pool hall. And he, made, and he made sure to put some money in my pocket. You know why? Because he knows if he does that, he's going to get my best effort. And guess what? We literally started at 12 and we were done by 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock. So for yeah. the fact that some people, you know, take some sort of offense that, oh, my God, why the heck should we pay for anything? Isn't this about communities? Like, listen, man, people's time is worth something. I remember that one time me and uh, Mike had to do door duty um, security at, I believe it was Apex. Okay, you know what? I didn't get any anything in my pocket besides, uh, you know, two Gatorades and everything like that. But at the time, it's like, you know what? We're trying to build a community here. We're trying to build a team. Eventually, he's going to get to a point where this is not going to be free. And some people just need to understand that because... We're here to help your um, event run a hell of a lot smoother. And let's be honest, nobody does it better than you guys. Nobody runs anything smoother than you guys. I, I mean, this is tiresome work. You know, we're there, you know, we're there 12 hours doing this. We're not out, you know, um, going to play video games all the time with you. This is a full-time job. Listen, this might bite me in the ass later, and I really don't care because even though I, I'm sorry, say I'm again, great. it might do what? I said, this might come to bite me in the ass later, but... I, I don't care. I know that we, we spend a lot of time working at these events. Like, I've definitely had, and not including setup, being on standby, troubleshooting, definitely 10, 12-hour days. It's work. It's, it's tiresome. I, I, I know back in our first podcast when you and I spoke, this is why, this is how Steve and I came up with the whole, like, we need to run in shifts because this is ridiculous, right? How, how can we, you know, and shouts right, to people right. like, Spooky, who back in the day to sit there and like sit there for 12, 14 hours. I, I swore he had a toilet under him because he, he wouldn't move. You know, that's, that's not feasible. <laughs> well, <I'm laughs> that's not, that's, that's not feasible. Yeah, right. You know, we, 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 shots the victim, by the way. Good guy. Um, oh, yeah, man. He, that, that guy's a big time hard worker for the community. Definitely. But yeah, you know, it, it was that grueling of a job. And of all the things you can be involved with, in the community is one of the, next to probably being a TO, being a streamer is one of the most thankless situations to do because for everything, you know, people will be quick to call you out when you mess up on something, you know. I, I, I remember when we had mixer issues, when we had a mixer that just couldn't handle Xbox events, uh, it was a certain, a certain brand of mixer that we used at the time. Totally worked fine, everything else. It just when it came to Xbox, it made the sound sound like it was underwater. And we used to have the whole chat filled with like, oh, your stream sucks. Why does it sound like this? Blah, blah, blah. You know? And it's like, I'm pretty sure 95% of you in that stream don't know why this is happening or how to fix it. But you're getting on our ass because the sound cues sound a little distorted. Granted. and But that was nothing to really cry about. We identified the problem and fixed it. And it's like, but again, when you make the one little mistake, you have everybody beating down the back of your neck, right? But at the same time, sometimes it makes it worth it for the one person that goes out of the way and say, hey, you know what? That was good. Thank you. Nah, man. And you know what? That sounds like it's par for the course because all everybody yeah. ever wants to concentrate is on the negative. And I could mm -hmm. imagine going back to, um, you know, the original question is I'm sure guys like Big E, and, um, you know, even guys down in uh, Florida, like um, the the tournament organizer for CEO, Jabali, I'm sure, you mm -hmm. know, they're watching their P's and Q's. They want to make sure 
everything is ran not only ran well, but also adhered to their government's well, laws, local laws, think and about, everything like that. So, so okay, so uh, funny you mention that. Think about what someone like Javelli has to go through, right? So he's trying to run CEO now because this thing has gone political. You know what? You know you know where Florida stands is in, in all of this. They they're literally at the point where like they're ready to punish you for being safe about this stuff. Well, it really right. depends what part of Florida, because my older sister, she visited a really good friend of hers down there. And, you know, they're a little bit relaxed, at least where she lived. It, it, relaxed it, isn't it, the it word. Really, it, really, it, it really depends where you live. Because <laughs> relaxed re- isn't the no, word. No, well, let me I'm, tell you. I, you know, I got to tell you. Where they are, they're relaxed about it, but they're still very careful. It's a very weird state about, you know... About where where different parts of the state, you know how they deal with this crap. But trust me, I, I've heard. unless you've gone down there personally, which I have, I disagree. You have people, yeah. Of course, you got people. Yes, common sense. They're going to protect them to the end of the day. But people, uh, another thing that made this whole pandemic thing interesting for me is that people will be quick to obey laws and recommendations when it already benefits what they believe in, right? So. If you already believe that this virus is nothing, that it's a hoax or is not killing people, of course you're going to comply with, oh, I don't have to wear a mask here. I don't have to do blah, blah, this and that. Jabeli, you have to understand, is going against the grain in that state. He, right. he, has to, he has to, for the sake of his community, he has to provide an environment where people are still going to be safe. Because that's really what it comes down to. The numbers are low because people still just want to be safe. It's not, yes, it's a, it's a result of the virus, but it's like, again, the result of the virus also is you have people that don't really care or are not worried about becoming sick going out to these places, you know. Um, but yeah, there are people that just decided, hey, you know what? Maybe I have underlying condition. Maybe I just don't ever want to get sick. Uh, Maybe I'm naturally inverted, and this was a perfect opportunity to stay away from people that don't take baths. <laughs> you know, this, you know, whatever the reason is. Wow. <laughs> listen, call a spade a spade. Okay, if you don't know that by now, in FTC, you don't know anything. But um, uh, yeah, you know, I again, I respect it. I, I can tell you, my decision to work NEC was just me tired of being at home <laughs> you know me me missing my friends me missing the action of well, community. you missed your hobby man. Yeah. this is yeah, uh I missed my hobby this yeah. is what uh everybody seems to always forget man we do this because we love it this is our hobby this is uh the thing that we take the time out of our day out of, out of our week you know gaming is our hobby it is our love it is uh you know it's uh one of the things that we mainly grew up with besides cartoons that is you know, mm-hmm. and uh, wanting to do the offline thing because arcades aren't really around anymore. This is the closest thing we're going to get to that. So it, it, it's understandable, you know. And what you just said is like, oh, I went out to NEC is because I missed it. I'm sure 99% of the community would say the same thing. Well, not 99% people that were there. The, like I said, that was probably the lowest numbers for any. And again, I'm, I'm not, you know. If someone can tell me better, you know, I'm, I'm just speculating. Um, so facts, but I'm pretty well, sure. I mean, it, it, oh, of course, of course. There was also there was also uh, capacity in play. So I, I, I want to yeah. be fair and mention that. I mean, it's the circumstances uh, here. 
We can't overlook but, that. Yeah, it's literally second sense. Like, we went from a venue that could have easily housed two, three thousand people, uh, King of Prussia, uh, when Biggie was doing NEC there. I don't know. I don't know if you were able to ever attend the NEC at the, uh, in that area. Um, he had, was he had that the convention the hotel floor. with the uh, with the, the casino up there? No, no, I have not been there. No. What's so, the hotel yeah, with the with the driveway going up to it? Looks like you're going up to like a mansion. It's a hotel, mm-hmm. and uh, you know it has a big parking lot in it. Like the driveway, it's very distinct. You know, you just driving up to the hotel. It looks like it's an industrial area. Is that is that the Cherry Hill area, um, Fanny? Oh. Uh... You know which Sounds one I'm like talking it. about. I can't tell if you're talking about that or the um, the Clarion. Maybe it's the and, Clarion because I know everybody walked down the block to some kind of like burger spot or something like that. Oh yeah, so it's, it's it's a Clarion because because the, like Denny's was across the highway and you could just walk over in like five minutes. Right, so, right. Yeah, yeah, that was definitely Clarion. Um, Clarion's very small compared to the other. It's it's currently the smallest place he works out of. I okay. Believe. Okay. Um, Compared to say the Cherry Hill event, the no, venue at the Crown Plaza and stuff, uh, that he, I, I'm sure he's worked out. A, like I, I believe the Holiday Inn when he used to do events might have been smaller, um, but he doesn't do stuff out there anymore, so we don't count that. Does I, and I guess I guess now it would be the block. The block is probably the small because it's still an office building, right? You can't really pack right. two thousand non-essential working people. In an office building to do stuff, but they with the space they have, they may do. Um, I believe the venue was outfitted to have a capacity of 750 people. Uh, and I'm pretty sure, he, yeah, he did, he did make that public. Uh, there was a cap on registration, a hard cap that wasn't anywhere near a thousand. Uh, which again, like I said, again, is not NEC numbers, you know, NEC numbers would easily be a thousand, right? Yes, of course. On a, on, on, on a bad, on a bad weekend. Yeah, because it's. Uh, when I say bad weekend, like maybe like when, when the weekend they had to share a Capcom Cup, <laughs> like it's yeah. still, you know. So, yeah, it's back to your question. The TL, I can't even begin to state the even more difficult logistics these TOs have to bring to us the things that they they love, and there's a lot of favoritism and hate. Whatever on various TOs across the country, I'm not going to get into that. But what I will say is, hate them or love them, respect them. respect what they're putting themselves through. I am only I'm on the inside, but I'm not going through what they're going through. I see stuff. I get I get I get privy. I'm privy to see what what they go through, and I just you know you 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 have to remember us. And this is probably the first time I'm, I've said this publicly. I've only said this around people that work with us and our friends. We wanted to do a major. And we thought about it for years. And the logistics pre-pandemic were already like intimidating. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. I don't know if you guys if anyone even knows the difference between doing an event, say, in a hotel ballroom and a convention center. When you deal with a convention center, which is kinda of like the way the the direction everyone is geared to when you get to that bigger stage of being a major. Convention centers, you're paying literally for everything between a certain amount of time. And if you go beyond that time, you're paying double or triple the amount. You have to pay for workers in the convention center. 
And that includes not just workers, the, it's union the workers. Unionized workers, yes. And they're not cheap. And when I say you have a block of time, let's say the venue opens at, say, 10 a.m. and competition starts at 11, right? You may have a contract with a convention center where you have to be done and out of that room or space by X amount of time. Let's say 12 a.m., right? If you are occupying that space, you or your staff or anyone, any attendees are occupying that space after that time, you will pay X amount of dollars for each minute after that time. And when I say this is like major money. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's not It's not $100. It's not $200. It's it is like not. These people are about their money and about their business. Okay. Um, you're paying for how much square foot footage you plan to use. So it's not like you get the whole room. I don't know if you ever if you ever been to like a, a convention center. Remember Apex, the last Apex in Jersey? Oh, yeah. Oh, I know. There, there was areas that was like blocked oh, yeah. off. Yes, yes, that's li- That's literally because they weren't using it because they didn't pay for it. So you're, in some cases, you're paying for the square footage of the room that you're going to use. You know now, to put and, this in uh to put this in words where a lot of people will understand, there's a reason back in the '90s when uh, WWF, WCW, and ECW, when pay-per-views ended quickly, there's a reason why they did not want to pay that extra money that you know made sure it will go over um you know go right. So over. so so imagine an arena, right? Arena is the even bigger. Arena thing, is basically is, the same thing, yeah. Yeah, this is like Evo. Evo is only place I think only FTC event that done been done in an arena. To my knowledge, um, the, uh, what's I, it called? The something bay, the Mandalay Bay, right? Right, Mandalay Bay. Oh, right. Mandalay Bay is that an arena or is it more of a convention? That's an arena, like boxing fights, epic boxing fights going on. This is okay. Mandalay Bay. This is like big time boxing, MMA. It's well, Vegas. It, it's, it, yeah, it's one of the bigger, um, you know, vendors right. down so, there. So, so it's not like this is like an equivalent to say our our mask or gone or our MSG. Like, you, this this is a place you want to do stuff at. Because because you have the big lights, you know you you go into Vegas Evo weekend. You're gonna see Evo signs all over Vegas, not just oh, the venue, but oh, you yes. could be on the other side of the strip, and you're gonna see Evo signs because this is what comes with using these 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 arenas and paying for it. You're getting that that signage. You're getting that advertisement. And not to mention know. because it is Las Vegas. People want something to do. It's the entertainment capital of the world. So if you have right. a big uh, thing out there saying, and mind you guys, this is not some static image. It tells you what it is. You know, you're getting highlights. Mm-hmm. You're getting exactly uh, what kind of event it is, and you're gonna get foot traffic. You know, because that's oh, exactly I, I, what it does. I'm standing by Hell's Kitchen, seeing a trailer for Evil, which is not even the same area. You know, so it's like this is what, this is what happens. But that this is like grandiose, super large scale. You know, I'm just trying to give your listeners just on a basic level what what goes on in having to run these events. Oh, yeah, man. Those you... things, I, I think people by now, and, and maybe people want to play <laughs> stupid, They, I mean, they should know what goes into doing these kind of events. They, Everybody should have a basic idea what goes on into a local event, a regional event a major event and then like a super whatever basically the things fortnite counter-strike the thing the kind of things those people run you know the fgc mm-hmm. is not anywhere near that no it's not in sure. terms of popularity it, but they have to go through the same stuff right 
So Evo has to, has to go through the same stuff that like other genres of esports do when they're right. at big um, arenas and stuff. Oh, no, you're absolutely right, man. You're absolutely right. And uh, going back real quick to what you said, uh, you know, just uh, to get off the topic real quick, again, it, it is a thankless job. And it's such a shame that a lot of people, you know, don't want to look at it like how much, you know, how many tireless nights in this case, you know, two or three, because they're always usually weekends, you know, guys like you and the team go through to bring these uh, events to fruition for these players, you know. But it's it's the, again, it's par for the course, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, but you know, sometimes look, again, there's a lot of what, what I said. What I said earlier is like front-facing issues, and then the rear-facing issues. That if you're if you're anything but the consumer in this situation, you have no clue what's going on, right? I was about to touch on something, and I, I it just slipped my mind. Um, wow, man, remember. But you know, I'm <laughs> sometimes, man. You know, there's so much going on that. I swear to God, if I look at one more SEI cable, I'm going to snap. Jeez, what the heck? What like, happened? No, it's just like, like like we're going back to it being a thankless job. You guys don't know like what goes into it. Like the constant like troubleshooting, the constant making sure everything works, the constant why did this cord die right now of all times? It was just working yesterday. I've had nightmare situations being a broadcaster. That I that I couldn't recover from, and it, it's part of it's part of the territory. It's part of it. It it, it, it just happens, you know. There, there's some things you, you're not prepared for. Uh, you can't be prepared for, even if you tried. Some things, you know. Um, and you just gotta roll with it, you know. I I did an event, uh, not a non FGC event, out in LA, and it was one of those Murphy's Law situations where anything that can go wrong will. I um the, the, when I went about doing the work, I went against my better judgment and decided not to have a, a safety net in terms of like hauling all of my gear. Um, instead, I hauled what I thought I needed, and then like situations came about where like I couldn't resolve it because I didn't have all of my equipment. And while end of the day, I was able to still produce the product as needed. I was still judged. And, you know, I, I, I was still treated as if I was I was horrible at this. Uh, that you were treated as if, like, oh, this guy's a complete rookie. He doesn't know what right. the hell he's and, doing. And mind you, even though the, the product was completed, fine. You wouldn't, if, if you saw the finished product, you would have not known there was issues. But there were many issues. You know well, what I mean? Again, but, that, goes, uh, that goes back to uh, the love for negativity that the internet has, right? right. Well, yeah. well, this not this is no. This wasn't even a public thing. This is just part of the job. This was like between me and the client and their client. So it was a three-way thing. Like their their client needed something done. They brought me in. I did it for their client, but because they were aware of the problem that it took for me to get there, I was judged on that. Not the I could understand if I was judged on the finished product. If the finished product was crap, fine. They were able to achieve their objective with the finished product and get what they needed from it. That's my goal. That means I did my job. Doesn't matter what I did to get there. You know what I mean? If 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 I sat there right. and I put a bunch of rubber bands and paper clips together to hold something together, and it looked shitty and crappy, but guess what? It held it. I did the job. So they they were just being sticklers, basically. Um, and, we, and we know how how much fun those people are. 
you know, I, I, I had someone with me working and they got recommended because they were talking to the client to, to shed a little more light. You know, we we're doing stuff. We we're doing a Q&R for a, a, a music group. You know, I didn't, you know, for me, I didn't interact with the with the group. I did what I did. The person I worked with, great person, was asked by this group questions. And he, you know, you, you basically reprimanded me because they spoke to me and I responded. It wasn't like, you know, what you wanted me to like not say something. You wanted me to be non-professional. If someone speaks to me, I'm going to respond. Right. right? And those people must be fun at parties. Jesus. Right, exactly. No, seriously, bro. Um, I know what you mean. I've had those kind of interactions. It's like, brother, I'm only just answering their question. If it bothers you that much, tell your people, don't talk to me. I mean, right. I, I, it don't, wasn't I don't know si- how much easier to make it for you. It wasn't a situation where, like, you know, we were, we were fanboying over the client, you know, or whatnot. We, we still came in and did professional work on a professional level. You know, the, 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 what separates you from people that aren't good at this is your ability to, to roll the punches. That's what I did. That's what people I work with do. We have to roll the punches because things happen all the time. You got to be ready to deal with it and solve the, solve the issue. You know, a so, little oddball question, and uh, this sort of, you know, goes into a lot, especially here for um, the East Coast FGC. As you know, man, during the last, you know, five, six years, this this coast, this area, the Northeast, it's been very up and down. You know, it's, uh, it's uh, you know, Big E does his events. The guys who run ECT do their events. But for whatever reason, the region itself, uh, some people say it's very disorganized compared to something like the West Coast. You know, compared to uh, even the people who do um, stuff out in the Midwest, out in Texas, what 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 do you think the region is uh is going through, where it just seems that it's just I wouldn't say it's disorganized, but there's just so many pockets of different entities trying to vie for the top spot, if there is a top spot to have, to had. You've always had a nice opinion about this. Um, where, where, where do you see the Northeast? Because obviously we're very talented. You know, we have some of the best players, you know, in the country across the world. You know, we have players that have won national championships, major championships. But where where do you see the region right now? We have more than the best players. We have the, some of the best TOs. We have some of the best content producers, streamers in the country, in this region. A lot of what you hear half of that is from people that don't leave their basements okay they're trolls they're online they don't come to events they take something maybe someone else said and blow it up the first time sunlight hits them they blow up too right right one of those like you know we talked about this before oh when it it was i'm melting (laughs) (laughs) you know you and i talked about this in the first episode with defender north a lot of the negativity that was spread was from people that weren't at the venue at all, right? Even if you were at the venue, you still don't have a say in what Was happened. this when they were at the New Yorker? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. You, If you weren't someone that worked, that was actually there for the situations at hand, all you're doing is spreading hearsay, okay? And, and we know so, how dangerous that is. Very dangerous, but again, no one wants to hear that. They they want the gossip, they want the juicy stuff. 
what another thing I, I don't talk about much, but I'm sure this guy has hit it on the head because he doesn't shut up. And that's my buddy James and Kay. Shout out to James I was, as usual, man. Great shout guy. out to James. Shout out to James McKay. Uh, like him, I hate him. And I, I was there. I was there when this happened. There was a guy, some player, apparently, from the Midwest that was there. And he just started mouthing off about things that happened at a big event that didn't happen. And he was mouthing off openly. And James and Kay was there and caught wind of it. And they ended up having an argument because I don't know if you if you guys anyone who knows James and Kay or not or listens to him or whatever on Black Show you know, over the years. This guy said what he wants to say. He has a opinion. He's not afraid to say. That being said, while you can find a lot of things that you can disagree that he says, one thing I would always say about James is that he's fair in his assessment of a lot of things. And oh yeah. At least he'll at least make you think. Yeah. You know, um, At least. you know, for as much as a bad rap as he gets, and I told him this, you know, in the episode, um, you know, I, I know a lot of people look at him as somebody, oh, why the heck am I going to listen to him? Like, he's just a loud mouth. If you actually sit down with the guy, he's very reasonable. You know, he, mm. he makes you, like you said, he makes you think. He's not one of these right. guys that's just going to take a side ASAP. His even if you don't come to, I'm sorry, I was, even if you don't come to a conclusion that, aligns with him, yeah. he's going to at least make you think. Yeah, exactly. And make you come to a conclusion, which is the real issue, because some people don't have a conclusion. Like I said, they hear something, take that ball and run with it. Yeah, now nah, he's going to yell so, at you, sm- throw smoke in your face, but he's going to make you think. Right. So going back to that, it's like you, you literally came from the Midwest to an event in the East Coast to start shit. <laughs> you know? And it's like... Dude, people are weird, man. Like, who... And, and, and James, he said something to the effect that he's like, who sent you? I have, I, dude, who? I literally was about to say, what are you, like some undercover agent? Right, somebody? yeah, like, who sent you? And, and you know, there, believe it or not, there's a war behind the scenes with the various TOs, you know? I, and I gotta say, yeah, you know... you've told me that before. It's uh, pretty interesting. It, it, it's very behind the scenes, you know, people... People know of it somewhat and want to know more, but I think it's just them being, being nosy. There's a shadow war be, behind the scenes with the different TOs and like the way they do stuff. And it goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the show. If you're not willing to work together to make this community better as a whole, and I mean, you can do this as regional TOs work together. Regional TOs should be working together, having events that coincide with each other to cover the all the regions of the country, but they're not because egos and someone, I don't know who, I'm not, you know, I can't say, but someone out of all these seals maybe wants to be VTO. Well, I mean, and wasn't may, that what maybe, the fall classic supposed to be? Something that brought all these uh, Eastern regions together? Well, that was, that was to bring the East Coast regions together, but you know, there's no longer here for whatever reason. Right. But like I said, uh, you know, it is, it's a lot and it's like I find it funny when you give people a taste of this so like oh there's issues they want but why why they want to know it's like it's really not for you to know you know everyone has a fascination with someone else's issues right yeah you're absolutely right you know like um I've always left it at what um what I've said about and you've told me about the 
the little um, backstage heat that a lot of these TOs have for each other. And I'm not, I'm not no expert. You know I'm not no expert on it. I always like to just steer clear of that stuff. That's just my kind of personality. But like I've told Mike, it sounds to me that everybody just wants to be the first to hold something on the kinds of levels of other esports genres for the FGC, and that's why there's so much infighting. But that's just me. That's what I think. I, I don't know. That's just my opinion. Of there's infighting because whether it's intentional or happenstance, some TOs make decisions that hurt others. And when you're doing this, there's no different than us as KPB when we announce an event locally right? six to eight weeks in advance, and then with two weeks to go, another local organization who will share the same information on the same platforms that we share to the same community and same groups of people decides to have an event the same day. So I don't want to hear the first thing out of your mouth is that you didn't know. Exactly. You're doing more harm than good. Because I know when we plan on something, we're looking and we're asking questions and we're saying, who's doing what on this day? You're being professional. Who, 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 not professional. It's because I don't want to spit the, the community. But that's part of profession. That's part of your professionalism. It's like, listen, I don't want to hinder what you're doing. Do me the favor and don't. I don't do want to hinder the community. No, I, I'm at the point where I don't care what other organizations do. I care about the community. So I don't care what you want, what you're doing with your community. I don't care when you're doing it. If I find out you're doing something, fine. Go ahead. More power to you. I'm doing it here. Now, when I go or we decide that we're doing something here, you turn around. And had nothing go, you know. I'm talking about people. These are people that normally, just like us, they announce things ahead of time, three, four, five, six to eight weeks in advance. When there's been nothing from you and your party and your camp until a week and a change before you before you decide to say, "Hey, you know what? We're doing something on this day." You're, you're, it's straight sabotage. And it's it nothing, doesn't nothing. only happen to you guys. It happens to a lot of other people as well. Happens to. You know, like and like I said, it's 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 the ones that think the guy like that, that, you know, and you know the 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 following, you know, allows them to do it. But the thing is, you have people that do support their stuff and support our stuff, and they don't want to have to choose. But why do they it? Don't want to have to choose. You know, at this point, it's just malice. It's just to be annoying. Right? I know why they do it. They depend on it. They depend on the dollar that comes in. They depend on the five dollars that comes in. The chump change. We don't. Where do you see this region, you know, within the next two years? I mean, Omicron is uh, starting to, uh, you know, ramp up again. It seems that, you know, we're going to be going towards another lockdown. Hopefully not, because I feel um, everybody's at a point where they just want to live their lives now. We went I can't, I can't tell you anything. My, my bingo card for the last almost two years has been bopped. Right. <laughs> Everything I think is going to happen. <laughs> Your bingo <did> card. <laughs> Yeah, did did not see coming. Was not on my bingo card. So, well, let me ask you this then: If you don't like, I I, I'm cool with that. You know, it's like you can't honestly tell me. Obviously, the way you run your organization, you're gonna do what's right for the community. You're gonna do what's right for you know regarding local laws and everything like that. You don't want to uh, you know. You don't want to uh, make yourself out to be bigger than what you are. You're not bigger than any government or anything. So, what's in store for your organization? Uh, well, you know, as you know, myself and Steve, we are huge KOF fans. This is part of the reason why we ever came to the dance in the first place. Um, well, I'll always have a love for Street Fighter, and I, my, I've always preached the idea that 
you know, hate or love Street Fighter, respect it because it's the reason why we're all here, right? It's that game, right? You, you people talk about how bad Street Fighter was, especially in the beginning. I don't care. The fact that Capcom was able to even make a Street Fighter Five right. sets the precedent for all these other companies to make their fighting games. So Street Fighter will always have my respect. That being said, myself and Steve and others on the team were big KOF fans. You know, the new KOF is coming up. We're always going to get involved with KOF. So, I, I, you know, as you know, you know, uh, Apple Dynamic, Michael Dorsey, has a big thing in store for KOF that I can't talk about yet, but I know you know some of it. Oh, yeah. When, when, the, time, when, when the time is right, you know, it will be announced. Um, what has been announced so far is that we all are teaming up with Lunar Phase to do a, a launch tournament. So, and, and it's not just KOF 15, but just a, a celebration of SNK games. So we're doing like Samurai Showdown, KOF 98 2002, you know, with Samurai Showdown uh, Fire Special. Uh, we, you know, we're, we're, we're two groups that got here because of the love of SNK fighting games. And we wanted to celebrate that with this. You know, you couldn't tell me back in 94 when I first touched King of Fighters 94 that I would live to see a King of Fighters 15 some over 25 years later, you know? So it's a celebration and it makes me happy that to even think about doing stuff like that. And that's part of our upcoming things. Um, We're looking at doing some online stuff. So that's coming up very soon. I hope we'll be able to announce that, you know, formally within the next couple of weeks. And other than that, we're just doing our odds and ends with our broadcasting in and out of the FTC. You know, we, we do a lot of work outside of the FTC. We're not bound to it. You know, we love the FTC, but you know, there's other things that need to be done and you know, we're on top of it. So we, we're always trying to do something end of the day. No, man, that's freaking awesome. You know, and um, like you said, uh, this is the kind of thing you have to, um, this is the kind of thing that you thought about. You know, you, you, you've always have been there for the New York scene. And you've gotten to a point now where if you don't want to play together, I'm just going to go out and do my own thing. Listen, you obviously have your group of people, your group of TOs that you keep very close. And the others, you know, you just uh, keep them at arm's length. Sure, you see what's going on because a lot of things that they do sort of affect your brand, your group. But it is what it is. You know, you're going to concentrate on the KPB name, you know, what's going forward. Like you said, that stuff with... uh. Mike is going to be happening, especially for uh, KOF and SMK going forward. And hell, for you know, maybe uh, you know somebody on the team is going to have some idea for Street Fighter. So listen, listen. Let me let exactly. me let me just say this. Let me say this. I I complain a lot. I think on um, the other day on on Twitter, I might have retweeted a post that basically was like, end of the day, fuck the FTC. You know, which is how I feel sometimes. But I'm always reminded that people know who, who we are and respect us. There are people with bigger followings than us that still look to us and still come to us and say, hey, how can we work with you? How can we, or how can we not bump heads? You know, which is kind of like how the Luna phase thing came about. They knew we were doing something and they said, hey, let's work together. You know, and that's how it is. You know, I got other people in orgs that are doing the same thing. They have their following, they're established, possibly more than us. And they say, and they come to us and go, hey, look, we respect the shit out of you. Let's work together. 
you know, and I'm here for it. And that's what keeps me here. You know, not not clout, not money, definitely not money. The just the respect and the love that people still have for us, even though per se our social media numbers may not reflect our reach. It, it, it really doesn't. I have to say, like, yeah, right. we're we're not. We don't have big Twitter numbers. We don't have big Facebook numbers. Yeah, we're Twitch partnered, but we're not even like twenty thousand followers, or just 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 at twenty thousand maybe. It those numbers are just numbers. At the end of the day, they have no reflection on our reach. You know, the fact that I've been able to walk the streets of New York and not not someone recognizing that I'm part of KPB. Like I'll, I'll do a quick example. I was it was a summer summer of 2020 no 2019 i was wearing like i have a, like a distressed street fighter 2 t-shirt that i wear in the summer you know it looks like you know like those faded shirts but it's like street fighter 2 the original war warrior group right and, right right um, I, I remember so some guy apparently saw me and I was, I was in the bronx like in the south bronx walking and saw me with the shirt he didn't he didn't approach me i was i was like across the street he just spotted me but the same person then sees me at Defender North. And he walks up to me, he goes, I knew you were FGC. And I'm like, what? Guy, I've never met this guy. He, he, just, he walked up to me and that's the first thing he said. He's like, yeah, man, I saw you the other day in the Bronx and you were wearing the Street Fighter shirt. And I said, no way is this guy some regular, like this is not a regular, like just t-shirt. This guy has to be FGC, you know? And then when he found out I was part of Kick the Box, that's when he, like, I guess his brain exploded and whatnot. But, um, yeah, I, I'm not used to that. I, I, I'm not used to people. Yo, wow, KPB, wow. You know, like I, you know, I, I feel like I'm just very humble about it. I don't see ourselves as that big, but there are things like that that always remind us that yeah, people are watching, people respect what we do, people know who we are, and uh, yeah, it, it it makes all the BS at the end of the day worthwhile. Nah, man, and you know what? That's the important thing. That's the important thing for you, for everybody who's involved. Uh, all this weird negative crap that comes out, it's kind of like you said um, from that guy that James was talking to. It's like, who sent you? How is this any sort of productive towards the community? Why, you know, buy a plane ticket or take the long hours to, you know, go from the uh, Midwest down to the East Coast for an event just to come and talk crap? But that's a good way of, uh, you know, going forward with things, you know, concentrate on me, concentrate on the team. And by all means, you know, it's uh, go forward, man, you know, chase whatever it is that you want. And at the end of the day, that's what everybody should do. Right. Listen, there's a lot of great teams and great individuals and groups around us locally that are doing great things. They know who they are. Um, and I respect it at the same time. It's all blinders for me. Like, I'm just worried about what my team is doing, what we're doing. And the only time those other teams come into question is when we want to work together and not bump heads. Other than that, not overly concerned with what you're doing. I support you, support you fully, but, you know, it's all about us. And I think that that's where we kind of lost ourselves a bit. We were worried about other orgs doing things. We were worried about affiliations, and those things aren't important. Because um, I'll, I'll say this. For all the respect we have, we definitely have had our downs in this community too. And you guys don't pay our rents. You don't, you know, feed us. You know, unlike a lot of your favorite FTC entities, which you do pay and feed, 
You don't do it to us, at least not on that level. And because of that, I don't really care what people have to say. You know, if, if you're not taking care of me, I don't care what you have to say. I'm going to do what's best for myself, what's best for my, for my people, my team, and what we believe is for the community. Shit, man. You know what? You couldn't have said it any better, man. And guys, you know, that's uh, Rodimus Prime for you. Rodney, thanks a lot, man. I really appreciate your time getting, um, you know, give me some extra time here to get this interview in. Again, man, re really, really appreciate it. No, thank you. Thank you for having me again on the show. And uh, you, got, you got to let me do some more hosting because I definitely have people want to talk to you. By all means, go right ahead, man. <laughs> you know, definitely, definitely. You know, you know you're, you're, you're the co-host of this show. And I know people yes. are going to find it weird. It's like, wait a minute, the show is called KPB Cast and Raphael doesn't really know what the heck is going on. Hey, listen, man, Ronnie's the one who takes care of the organizing, the running of the tournaments. He knows I have two kids, a wife. And also my mother-in-law that I have to take care of. So <laughs> yes, and, and, and truth be told, I don't think I would be you know good for private because that kind of information. Because Rod Listen, knows, I, sometimes I don't care. <laughs> the stuff that I know, sometimes people are better off not knowing, including you. Um, yeah, well, end of the day, well, end of the day, what matters is that you are part of the community. You love fighting games, yeah. and that's all you need to be a part. Yeah, man, and uh, again, going back real quick, uh, even if he tells me that stuff, unfortunately with me, depending how you look at it, one, you know, goes in one ear, goes out the other, because I don't care, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But it is what it is. Ronnie, man, once again, guys, uh, the podcast available on all available platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all that fun stuff, uh, you know, definitely check out, uh, what is it, Acquire Apparel? They make some really yes. good stuff for the team out there. Uh, Saltamia Art. She does a lot of fun stuff, guys. Check her out on Twitter. I don't know if she has a website. But, you know, she'll make you some pretty cool art on her. Yeah, I believe it's uh, saltamia.art. Yeah, oh, uh, she does have one. Okay, there you go, yeah. guys. Saltamia.art. She does some really cool stuff. Very talented artist. She actually made me a poster or more of like a frame. Because uh, last year I held a pool tournament in Rockland County. And um, you know, I paid for her, I paid for her services, and instead of giving a trophy, I gave a pretty uh, a pretty cool like little um um picture thing, and people okay. loved it because it was different, you know. So nice, nice. Yeah, definitely check her out. She's guys. the best, She's man. A, no, she really is, man. Real sweet. She turned heart. me into Benny Marl. <laughs> yeah, that was her. That's right. She did do that. <laughs> yes, she turned me into um, Benny Marl. That was freaking awesome, man. And again, guys, I'm KPB Raphael. This is KPB Rodimus Prime. Be on the lookout for the episode. It's going to be dropping soon. And again, man, Ronnie, thanks a lot. Really appreciate it. No problem. No problem. Thank you. And guys, have yourself a great day, great night, all that good stuff. And that was a lot of fun, man. Take care. Thank you, sir. Thank you. This has been a KPB MediaWorks production.